Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Welcome to another episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. As always, I hope everyone's doing well and thank you again for listening. So today I'm going to be sharing some of my own top tips for getting fit with diabetes, including how to overcome those initial fears, what you need to take into account, and how you can take steps today to help you reach your goals. Now it doesn't matter what age, shape or size you are, whether you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, you can find a form of exercise that can work for you and it will have benefits for your general health, your diabetes management, your life in general really and your mental state. So getting fit doesn't have to mean joining a gym or a sports club or becoming a weightlifter. It's about finding something active that you can enjoy and make a commitment to do it regularly. I'm genuinely passionate about fitness and I'm going to explain just a little bit um, as to why that is. So Not only has getting into fitness and making exercise a priority massively improved my health, but I've been lucky enough to work with fitness clients, my fitness clients over the years, um, and I've seen some incredible transformations brought about by exercise, and I don't just mean physically. The change that regular exercise can make to your well-being your mindset and your confidence is just amazing. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'm a level four qualified personal trainer specializing in working with people with diabetes and also obesity. So the whole reason behind me becoming a personal trainer was after learning exactly how much exercise had changed my life, and improve my diabetes management, I wanted to be able to help other people to do the same. Now, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved doing one-to-ones with my clients and seeing the change in them as they achieve their goals, but doing it that way, I could only help one person at a time. And I just felt that I needed to do something on a larger scale, which is how Diabetic and Healthy was born. So before I start talking about exercise, let's talk about the biggest reasons people aren't exercising. So especially those with diabetes. In my experience, the same three reasons come up again and again. And those are lack of time, lack of motivation and fear. So let's start with lack of time. 
I only wish I had a pound for every time I suggest exercise to someone who is struggling with their weight or their health in general and they tell me they just don't have time. Trust me, I completely get it. I run my own business, I have a toddler to look after and I have type 1 diabetes so I know what it's like to be busy. Unfortunately, I can't give you more hours in a day, but I can give you something to think about. Okay, so you make time to eat and you make time to sleep. Why? Because your life depends on it. You need to do these things. Therefore, these things are a priority. So if I told you there was something that you could do to improve your key health markers, improve the regulation of your blood sugars and in turn increase your life expectancy, would you not also count that as a priority? Because the thing that can do that is exercise. So if you aren't already prioritizing it, you really need to start. So that leads on quite nicely to um, the next uh, reason I was talking about, which is lack of motivation. So the fact that you know this is something that can increase your life expectancy and improve your quality of life in so many ways should be enough to motivate you. But again, I know it's not always that easy. Something I always used to make my clients do is set goals. So don't just set them in your head, but set them, write them down and make sure you tell someone what they are, someone that can hold you accountable. So really make your goal something that is going to motivate you. It doesn't matter what other people's goals are. This is about you and what matters to you. It doesn't mean that your goal has to be a goal weight or a goal size um, it could be a hill that you want to get to the top of without feeling out of puff. It could be wanting to run around the garden with your child and be able to keep up with them. It might be that you want to feel more energised. Or maybe there's something you've always wanted to do and you haven't felt confident enough in yourself to do it. Then make that your goal. But you've got to take something that means something to you and use that as your motivation. If you're currently listening to this and thinking, well, it's all right for her to say that, she's lucky, she's one of those athletic types that doesn't really have to try, let me assure you that is not the case. Over the years, I've had similar comments made about how lucky I am that I'm not overweight, uh, how lucky I am that I can build muscle, how lucky I am that I'm naturally quite slim. And to be honest, it actually gets quite insulting because luck has absolutely nothing to do with it. There's a quote that I love that goes something like, isn't it funny that the harder I work, the luckier I get? And it's so true. Obviously, I have type 1 diabetes. Many people don't know I also have polycystic ovary syndrome with one of the main side effects being weight gain and difficulty in losing weight. I also have a condition with both of my hips called FAI, which is femoroacetabular impingement. Okay, long word. 
Basically, it causes me a lot of pain uh, in my hips. So this got really severe in my right hip and I had to have major surgery on it a few years ago. Unfortunately, I still need further surgery on that same hip, which is going to have to be done at some point in the next year or two. So not only do I have diabetes to contend with, I also have to stay on top of my weight management because of a PCOS and I have to be really adaptive in my workouts and my training due to my hip issues. So what I'm saying is I understand. I understand that things aren't always easy and straightforward, but knowing the benefits that I could get from getting fitter and stronger through good nutrition and exercise, I just couldn't allow myself to carry on and not make it a priority, even if there are obstacles in the way. So the other reason that I mentioned um, before that that people um, would come up with as kind of a barrier um, to start working out or getting fit is fear. And again, this is something that I've come across a lot with people with diabetes. A lot of people know that exercise is going to have an impact on their blood sugar levels. And even though that is a positive thing in the long term, I know that in the short term, this can be quite daunting. So today I'm going to talk about some of the things that you need to take into consideration and why really, as long as you're prepared, then there is nothing to be afraid of. So let's start by talking about the effect that exercise has on your blood sugar levels. So many people think that exercise lowers your blood sugar, end of, but that's not actually the case. There's several things that need to be taken into consideration and one of the main ones is the type of exercise that you're doing. So is it aerobic or anaerobic? So aerobic exercise basically means with air or with oxygen and anaerobic exercise is without. So any kind of steady state cardio, like walking, jogging, cycling, swimming, comes under aerobic exercise. And then things that involve quick bursts of energy and are performed at maximum effort for a short burst of time are anaerobic. So that's like heavy weightlifting, HIIT workouts or sprints. So generally... Aerobic exercise will reduce your blood sugar and this can actually have an effect on your blood sugars for up to 72 hours. But that obviously depends on the type and the duration of the exercise that you did. Anaerobic exercise may actually have the opposite effect and increase your blood sugar. So I'll just go into the details of this briefly in case anyone's interested. (laughs) So this is due to anaerobic exercise causing the release of certain hormones in the body, including cortisol, and one of which I'm sure you will have heard of is lactate. So lactate produced in the liver whilst exercising is then converted into glucose and recycled back to the muscles to be um, metabolized back into lactate but some of this recycled lactate can lead to an increase in blood sugar levels. Again, the extent of this will depend on the type and the duration of the exercise. But even if your blood sugars do rise, they are still likely to start to fall, usually one to two hours after anaerobic exercise. So with this in mind, one of the best bits of advice I can give you 
is to not only check your blood sugars much more frequently, quick, frequently around exercise, but to keep a record of them. So when you first start doing whatever your chosen type of exercise is, keep a diary of what your blood sugar was before, during, immediately after, and then maybe an hour or so um, after the exercise again. And take a note of the type of exercise you did and how long you did it for. It can also be really helpful to keep track of what you ate and injected pre and post workout too. So this is going to be the best way to get an understanding of how your body is responding to the exercise and what adjustments you may need to make next time. There are no fixed guidelines for correction doses um, in relation to exercise, which is why it's really important that you find out what your body does and how to manage it. Just backtracking slightly, um, before you even start exercising, you do need to ensure that your blood sugar is at a good level. So too low and you're going to risk having a hypo and too high and your body just won't be able to get the benefits of the exercise and you're risking uh, becoming hypoglycemic if your blood sugars then rise during the workout. So personally, I don't tend um, to work out if my blood sugars are below six or above 10. That's kind of my my happy place. Um, before doing any kind of exercise, you also need to make sure you're prepared with both your insulin, if you're type one, and also um, suitable hypo treatment just in case. So does it take a bit of planning before you embark on your new fitness journey? Yes, it does. Is it worth it for all the benefits you're going to get? Absolutely. As long as you're prepared and take everything into account, then there is nothing to be scared about. If anything, if you're listening to this and thinking about getting fitter and healthier, then you should be really excited about your new healthy challenges. Okay, so you've taken everything into account and you want to get fit. So I've been asked numerous times what the best exercise is for someone with diabetes or if there's any specific exercises they should be doing. Um, in a way, I guess aerobic exercise is the, the best, I use that word loosely, from the point that it's probably the easiest to manage your blood sugars around. However, if I'd gone with that theory, then I certainly wouldn't have achieved the levels of fitness I have because personally, I really hate cardio and it bores me. Um, so again, it has to be a personal choice. If you're trying to force yourself to do a form of exercise that you don't enjoy, then you're not likely to keep it up. Find something that you enjoy the most, keep your workout and blood sugar diary and go with that. Any physical exercise is beneficial, so it doesn't matter what you choose to do. So you can do this one simple thing today to get you started. And that is think about a goal. So think about your goal. Think about why you want to get fit. Think about what it will bring you physically and mentally. And now write it down. Write down why you're going to do this and what your goal is. Then share it with someone. That could be a partner, 
a friend, a family member, or if you're part of a diabetic and healthy Facebook community group and you'd like to share your goal there, you could share it there. I'm sure there'd be lots of support for you. So that is your first step and that's just going to take you a few minutes to do. So in future shows, I am going to be giving you lots of help, advice and tips on how to make the most of your workout time, what to do when you're feeling demotivated and how to manage your blood sugars so that you can always get the maximum benefit from your exercise. So please do hit subscribe so that you don't miss anything important. As always, I really do hope you've enjoyed the show and your feedback is always welcome. Uh, You can email me at charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com. Thank you again for listening and until next time, have a happy and healthy time. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor. 